galaxy is burning. Brother fights brother, and treason splits the Imperium of Man. This is the Age of Darkness. Welcome to the Remembrancer's Retreat, coming to you from within the depths of the Vengeful Spirit. Alright folks, welcome to another episode coming from us to your ear holes of the Remembrancer's Retreat. I'm your host, Jason, uh, and I'm not going to lie, it's going to feel a little odd, me taking over hosting, because tonight, uh, Jesse is uh, coming to us live from PAX. Yeah, or at least in my hotel room from PAX. So, we've also got, we've got Steve. Hello. We've got Austin. Hey. And, uh... Our beloved group White Scar player, we've got Mike. Hey, guys. So, uh, Mike, since you are our intrepid guest this evening, tell us fun stuff about uh, yourself and your journey through the White Scars. I am a Richmond local tattooer. Uh, I've been in the hobby for over 20 years at this point, which is insane to say, I think. Um, <laughs> Th- that is insane. Holy, that sounds yeah. really weird to see. I mean, Austin and I appreciate <laughs> yeah. it because you know you're one of the few people that have done it almost as long as we have. Yeah, right. it does make me feel a little better about myself. Yeah. It's also yes. the year I have my kid too, so it makes me feel extra old. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> I I feel that, and can I say I appreciate another uh, relatively new dad carving out time for a mom to be a single parent for a bit while you nerd out. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) This guy over here watching three generations of space Marine models go by. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. The white scars are easily my favorite Legion. um, But I think kind of funny, they weren't my favorite going into the hobby of like specifically the heresy. Cause I've played, you know, so many different war games, but coming in, they were super, super low on my list of uh, legions I might play. But um, after reading those Chris Wright books, dude, I feel like he just took like a, like a really flat 2d legion and gave it so much life. And it, it dude, it really just bumped it all the way from the bottom to the top for me. And since then they've been easily my favorite legion, Jagatai is my favorite Primarch. Um, and also, I guess probably pretty famously for all you guys, uh, I've been pretty disappointed in their rules consistently across both legions. So it's been a a hard time like getting and fully painting an army for me, but I still love them more than any other legion. Well, you have certainly put the time and effort into painting them. Uh, For everybody out there that doesn't know Mike, uh, every group has one of those guys that just, you know, kind of sets the bar for painting. Uh, For us, that's Mike. That's a polite way of saying I see his stuff and sometimes never want to paint again. Yeah, why bother being why bother trying to be good at anything when Mike wakes up and is already better? This is why I do 6 millimeter cuz Mike won't follow me that tiny. And then he did and it it just made me sad all over again. Yeah. Yep. Not going to lie, yep. uh, the amount of times I've seen when you post something and uh, we're like, oh, I just, you know, I wanted to play all painted. So I just threw this together in like 20 minutes, you know, just to get some paint on it. And it looks better than anything I have ever done in my life. (laughs) 
Yeah. You guys are too kind, but I, I appreciate it, obviously. <laughs> I just Look, we wouldn't have to be this kind if you would be worse. Yeah, if you, or if you yeah. just lie. Just be a shit painter every yeah, once in a while. Wallow in the mud you know, with us. I do I do appreciate that someone in my life wants me to be worse <laughs> instead of better. That's a refreshing take, I think. <laughs> yeah. I'm in your corner hoping you get right? worse. Yeah. <laughs> Suck harder. I'm relieving the crippling burden of talent. (laughs) (laughs) All right. We better keep moving before we curse Mike. Right, right. Yeah. So, all right. So I'm kind of in the same boat as you, Mike. Um, I love the white scars, but I got to admit, it was a little hard to make them work in first edition. And they don't quite seem like they found their feet in second edition yet. Yeah, I just I find their rules a little awkward. Like they like both last edition and this edition, there are like powerful stuff. I'm not saying like these rules are not competitive. They're not, you know, like strong. You can make good army lists. It's just I feel like uh, some of the rules are a little awkward. Um, I feel like they kind of have an identity crisis, mm. like with rules split between traitor scars and uh, not just that, but like specifically scars that had trouble fitting in with, you know. Um, the the more traditional scars um like terran scars and then you have your like normal scars so they have this like three different versions of white scars and they all kind of share this like one pile of rules and it's a little awkward i feel like yeah i think that's a fair complaint to make um which is i guess is kind of the downside of them they used to just be the legion that goes fast right uh, and then chris wright gave them like feelings why do my chain swords talk (laughs) and now they're all like existential and some of them are a little edgy and they're a little all over the place and it's just like i fell in love and and obviously all of my complaints are very personal to me so like i'm not talking and you know like have fun with your models do whatever you want it's just like how i kind of feel with my personal relationship with the scars you know uh i just like i fell in love with the uh you know like just your normal Mongolian warrior, like your Chinese warrior, like inspired white scar. And you I feel like only a third of the rules kind of give you that. Um, and I just wish you could have like that, like kind of pure army, like space wolves get like a pure Viking thematic feel. And I just don't feel like the white scars kind of have that like full identity. Obviously the huge thing about the scars is that they are weird. And like, you know, like norm, like Terran, people have a hard time adjusting and uh you know like they are the weirdos and that is what makes them you know interesting so like they should have some some of that in there but i don't know i just feel like i would i wish i had more of like the stuff that makes them weird (laughs) it makes me almost think that and again we're talking a lot about rules we haven't talked about um but it makes me think that this is almost like not a beta of their rules but very much a like get you by um, mm-hmm. because like you said, they are the weirdest Legion. They got a lot going on. Like they're the only loyalist Legion that, I mean, dark angels being their own separate traitorous thing. Uh, they're the only like historically Easy. loyal. <laughs> You're not my dad anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it's weekend dad time. <laughs> um, but they're the only ones that, are like historically loyal uh, to have gotten a sizable traitor contingent kind of revealed during the heresy. Right. Um, So like, obviously 
you got to reflect that in their rules somehow. And, and really, but you can't give them that. more rules than anybody else to start with. Um, so like my, my, my fingers are crossed that they'll get like an early campaign book. Yeah. That would be a really elegant way of, I think, solving my problem. Yeah. Such is my hope. Cause I mean, I, I love white scars too. They're, uh, obviously no space wolves to me, but when I remember getting into the hobby, I was sort of, it was a toss up for me between space wolves and white scars. Uh, and I couldn't paint white. So here we are. Uh, <laughs> But it's okay. I can't either. The, the, fuck off, Mike. <laughs> not only does Mike, not only does Mike like self-deprecate his painting white, he also paints black and red better than everybody else. And he has black and red white yeah. scars. It doesn't make any sense. Black is easy. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. This episode might turn into us just positively bullying Mike in a lot of ways. <laughs> I'll do whatever I want. <laughs> God, Mike. Uh, but, um, Austin, you made a good point. We are talking a whole lot about rules we haven't talked about yet. So, let's uh, let's correct that. Mike, why don't you take us through Swift of Action, the Legionis Astartes rule for white scars. So, Swift of Action states all models uh, with this special rule add plus one to their movement characteristic. Um, which, <sighs> obviously, you know, the, the obvious thing about the Legion is that they're the fastest Legion. And so this makes sense. I just feel like it's not a very, um, it's just not a very uh, impactful move. Like you don't feel the benefits a lot when you use it. Um, so I'm like very vanilla on this rule. It's it's strong. You get stuff out of it, but it's not like some of the other Legion rules where you can really, like, really feel the flavor of the rule right. like during the game, you know? So like you do get that, um, I mean, Pretty much the entirety of your infantry is up to movement eight, so you get that plus one bump uh, in movement distance for a charge. Yeah, it goes across like your whole army, which is yeah. nice. A lot of the legion rules don't. You know, you have to like pick and choose infantry mm-hmm. or whatever. But well, I I will I will counter counter that actually, Mike. It doesn't go across your whole list uh, because making your bikes one move faster doesn't really help your charge distance modifier at all. <laughs> Fair, <laughs> yeah. Which is I, weird. Ju- I just mean like everyone across the army gets plus one movement, which is like rare for these rules, right? To go, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so like it, it's definitely going to help you out, especially with charges. And the white scars can stack so many pluses of charge with the birds. You know, you can get, you can even have multiple birds on a single unit to give you, uh, and your librarian can give you like plus three. So you can really pull off some insane charges with this rule and with white scars. But I feel like I wish it was more. I don't know, less on the nose, maybe. I don't know. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. Their old Legion, uh, their old Legion trait felt pretty cool where like it rewarded you for, for doing maximum movement as yeah. opposed to just here, move a little better now. And it was if a you very want. powerful rule. Mm-hmm. And I, I understand like all the Legions kind of got toned down a little bit. Um, so like, I understand maybe if that like rerolling wounds was too powerful, but like maybe even ones would have been just tacticals parkouring across the battle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, and it, like, really, I, I feel like it falls flat in the fluff too, because like, you get the plus one move and you get the plus one charge for your infantry, but like, there's other legions that like get to be faster and do things or more maneuverable. You know, like space wolves can like move and fire weapons, and you know, death guard can move and shoot heavy weapons, and so like, you're they're actually like doing things if. 
I don't know. I, I, I'm not going to try to be too down on these rules. <laughs> this is a very medium <laughs> rule. It is powerful. It's just not, I don't love it. There's a second half to that too, isn't there? Yes. Yeah. Um, sorry. Uh, I just hate this part of the rule. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> If Mike sounds angry in a few seconds. I'm trying to not be a bummer. No, no worries. Um, we try and take the most you know. well-rounded approach to these things as we can. That doesn't have to be positive. And, you know, it's my favorite legion, so obviously I'm going to be more critical on them than other legions. But, yeah, so whenever they're called upon um, to determine which player will take the first turn or to seize the initiative, um, you roll an additional dice and you you get to pick, which uh, is is actually very strong. If you, you know, are building all jet bikes and you're going for, like, a nice alpha strike or, like, just in good with maneuvering so that can be very good i just i don't like building for going first mm-hmm. i don't like alpha strikes i don't i don't feel like it's like engaging gameplay for me and my opponent like i i really am like a narrative gamer with a hobby focus so like uh, stealing the initiative it just feels bad to me <laughs> i don't <laughs> like you you were going first please go first i, I that was the intent of the game <laughs> yeah it's a it's a bit of a strange one like you you can see where they were going for right like the scars are fast the scars are always there right like they're always on the initiative trying to get the initiative and being up in your face doing your work um but it is a little bit of a weird one because seizing the initiative seizing the initiative especially seems weird well i take it back they both seem weird (laughs) um when their fluff is kind of generated around this very zen isn't quite the right word but like a zen view of the battlefield of like oh i like yeah they're they're very like flow right they're they are water to their enemy's stone right they're just everywhere Mm -hmm. doing all sorts of weird stuff um so like like mike said it's good it's it's fluffy in a in a certain regard i'd almost have rather it be and now we're just wishlisting guard to me. Right. I, I almost would have rather, would rather it have been, Hey, um, you can have two separate outflanking formations or you can reroll. Yeah. You know, kind of, kind of like the, the perfect timing from emperor's children last edition. Like, Hey, just mm-hmm. write down the time where your reserves come in and they're coming in because they're fast and they'll be there or whatever. Um, yeah. but also, that could be wildly powerful. So well, like Mike <laughs> said, knows? I mean, these aren't necessarily bad. Like there are plenty of strong combinations. You're not gonna, you know, have trouble getting, you know, kicked across the table by a different power legion. But it just in a lot of cases, I mean, I feel the same way. The rules feel kind of disparate and you know, like they don't really synchronize as well. Yeah. yeah, you're never gonna have a you're never gonna have a moment with the white scars thanks to their legion trait that you'll have with, um, you know, uh, word bearers or imperial fists where like a crucial game moment comes down to your legion rule and you pull it off because you do one thing better than everybody else. Yeah, and, but I will also say from you know from an opponent's perspective, like you mentioned, you'd feel bad about stealing the initiative, but when you know you're playing a white scar, you could deploy your army with the understanding that there's a good chance that being a white scars opponent, they have a good chance of going first. So there is a little touch and go there. And that kind of gets in the opponent's head. So 
I didn't consider that, but that's because you're smart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I think the same way. Like if I was playing against a white scar army, I I would perhaps not be as aggressive in my deployment as I otherwise would be. Um, knowing that there's a higher percentage that they would seize the initiative on me or that they would get the first turn, you know, depending on how the mission rolls out. Yeah. It, it feels to me knowing that it's, you know, it feels a cheap trick when any other opponent rolls a six and steals the initiative and you're like curses. But when a white scars player manages to go first, you're like, okay, yeah, white Fair scars. Duh. Yeah. You had two chances. I'll also say that um, now that I've had a time, now that you said that, uh, that does make it, a much more fluffy um, rule in my head because especially the seizing initiative, the seizing initiative part seems much fluffier in my head because instead of like, you don't view it as, Oh, the white scars are really fast and they're going everywhere and they're going everywhere. Uh, that's part of it. But also it's that change in your deployment methods. It's, you know, Vietnam and you're an American infantryman and everybody's huddled up waiting for the trees to start speaking Vietnamese. You know what I mean? Like (laughs) I was, it's the paranoia. Like (laughs) you're forming ranks while the, while the riders on the hill are getting ready to slam into you. You're, you're making a circle on top of little bighorn and, uh, (laughs) you know, I see it in a more positive light now. We're we're here to help. We're here to help. I want to make sure you feel good playing white scars. But we're not denying that you're, you know, obviously your right. opinions matter as well, too. So, speaking of feeling great about playing White Scars, uh, let's talk about that advanced reaction. Uh, Austin, you want to tell us about some Chase in the Wind? Absolutely, I fucking do. Um, so, it's uh, advanced reaction that goes into your opponent's movement phase when an enemy unit ends a move with any of its models within 12 inches of any model in a friendly unit uh, under the reactive player's control with the Legion as a Stardis White Scar, right? Simple, standard sort of thing. Once the enemy move that triggers this reaction is completely resolved, all friendly units composed of models with the White Scar special rule within 12 inches of that enemy unit's final precision may immediately make a normal move. Uh, you can activate jump packs, uh, but you can't run. This move is subject to all normal penalties for difficult terrain, dangerous terrain, and units that are pinned, locked in combat, or otherwise unable to move. Uh, they can't move due to uh, due to this reaction. So if you're you know, pinned or whatever, locked in combat, you can't move. You still can't move. Um, but this is really good. Heck yeah. It's uh, like a super advanced slash withdraw. Yeah, and that's the thing, because it can go... Like it, it doesn't say, hey, you got to go away. You got to go towards. It's just do your movement. And if you're doing a white scar list, right? If you're if you're leaning into it um, with something like Chagorian Brotherhood, where you've got a lot of bike squadrons or something like that, just God, right? <laughs> like I've the more I play and think about Second Edition, the more withdraw, especially. Um, but also advanced, like the movement reactions, which initially like, eh, well, fuck, you're not killing anybody, so who cares? Um, but those movements are really powerful, right? Like I've I've advanced when a rhino's come at me and just surrounded the rhino so the squad can't get out. You know, just dumb stuff like that. You, oh, somebody hopped out of a Spartan is going to charge me. Well, I'm just going to run away. But advance in a rearward direction. Um, 
and the white scars just explode. <laughs> the whole army it's, explodes. Uh, it's great. It's my favorite rule they have. I think it is uh, perfect, almost. I think it is completely fluffy. I think it has the right amount of power in the game. It is very impactful, and it feels like you were playing white scars when you activate that reaction that it keeps. Yeah, I like that because I'm with I'm with Mike in that um, alpha alpha strike armies aren't super fun to play against, not really interactive. Um, but I like the idea of being a white scars player, knowing your opponent is going to be doing drop assault, you know, and bunching up as much as possible so that whoever comes down, you get as many units out of the way with this reaction as possible, and just kind of like negating that alpha strike. Yeah, firm agree. Definitely not a bad way to do it. Well, uh, how about then uh, we talk about their warlord traits? Uh, Mike, you want to hear us uh, tell us about some heroes never die? Yep. Um, this is the only warlord trait I have used from them. <laughs> um, a warlord with this trait and all models in any unit he joins gains the Subburn Special rule. Furthermore, if the warlord is removed as a casualty, all models in any friendly unit composed entirely of white scars um, from which one or more models can draw a line of sight to the warlord when he is removed as a casualty gain fearless. Um, and then any addition, uh, they can also make an additional reaction in the assault phase as long as the warlord's still on the table. You gotta uh, love it. It's a good warlord trait. Um, I don't. I. I just think it's kind of vanilla. It's not very exciting. Um, I have had thoughts of just running a super cheap console, um, because m- since my theme, I'm kind of going with like the dishonored, like people trying to die, uh, just like a some kind of berserker, throw them out there with this warlord trait. Mm. Um, and in my Sagar Mazen army, and since you can't score slay the warlord with them, it doesn't really matter. My whole army watches this guy die and gets fearless for the rest of the game. Beautiful. <laughs> it's like that the is a good combo. warlord, uh, yeah. beloved by the people. Right. I was yeah. I was thinking the same thing. Just get yourself yeah. killed off; it'll be fine. Put your put your thirty point voice commander out in front. <laughs> get a, the... Let him eat a heavy bolter. <laughs> turn one, that and sh- the rest of the army is fearless. Give, now, here, what you do is just give him a jump pack, have him deep strike in right in the middle, and just let him go to town. <laughs> All right. Yeah. yeah, make your uh, make your warlord. Just oh, the Moritak can't be a warlord. Can't turn him into yeah. a pinning bomb. <laughs> Dang, yeah. make it no, can a warmonger be? Is that any the any, uh, this any centurion with power or with artifice armor can take a jump pack? Yeah, right? perfect. Well, it's just the the Moritat is you know a perfect um, candidate. For oh just no, suicide for sure. bombing. But yes. unfortunately, yeah, but unfortunately, I don't think you can uh, make him the warlord. Sadly not. But. Um, well, Steve, uh, you want to tell us about Born to the Saddle? Yeah, uh, Born to the Saddle, otherwise known as, oh, there it is. Um, <laughs> this warlord and all models in the same army with the Legionis Astardes White Scar Special Rule and the Cavalry Unit Type uh, ignore all the effects of difficult terrain and gain a four-up invuln save against all wounds inflicted by dangerous terrain. Um, in addition, an army whose warlord has this trait may make an additional reaction during the opposing player's movement phase, as long as the warlord has not been removed as a casualty. Um, okay, cool. Um, I, I'm not even a White Scars player, and I don't like what they did to this rule. Uh, because initially, right, Born in the Saddle 1st Edition was what made all the, the jinking White Scars bikers so cool. It felt 
thematic to what they were doing and you didn't necessarily have to make it a warlord trait. Yeah. Um, now it's, I mean, ignoring difficult terrain isn't nothing and having a four up in Vaughn against otherwise unsavable, dangerous terrain checks is better than a stick in the eye. Uh, but it doesn't like, it doesn't feel quite as flavorful anymore. Although I will say this is one of the few warlord traits that, uh, affects the entire army, not just the unit that they're in. Yes, which, which is, is true. Which is kind of nice. Not just the unit that the warlord is in, which is what I kind of assumed at first, but looking at, no, it's the entire army. So, and, and the entire army, whether the warlord lives or not. Yeah. And now, now articulating it kind of, and looking at it, because the last time I read these rules was months ago. Right. <laughs> um, and I've slept since then and I've played God of War since then. So, uh, <laughs> there are no thoughts in my head that were related to white scars until this moment. Uh, but articulating it now, I, we were kind of complaining earlier that swift to action doesn't really benefit bikes a whole lot. Right. Um, because plus one movement when you already go that fast is kind of negligible and you already have the movement bonus or the charge bonus from being fast. Um, but born into the saddle actually kind of gives a mass bike army back that speed by just ignoring difficult terrain. So I take back what I said a minute ago, actually, this is kind of neat. Uh, you don't have to worry about driving through debris yeah, or, or not anything. mad at it. Yeah. I hate it. <laughs> Oops. Uh, I think uh, it, it, it either needs to just be a Legion trait or part of the Shogorian brotherhood. It's, I think it's wasted completely as a warlord trait. Like I, I, I think we should have a way different world. I, I don't know. Like I don't like Shogorian brotherhood as a, uh, in this edition as a right of war. Um, and uh, I don't think it's like good enough. And I think that this tacked onto it wouldn't put it over the top. And then it would give us room for like another flavorful warlord trait. Uh, so that's kind of my problem with it. So are you well, annoyed less that you don't like it, but rather that it seems like an auto include to get your bike army, what you think it needs to be as white scars? Yeah, definitely. And I just, I'll probably say this a lot throughout these rules. I feel like there's like a, there's no like combat multiplier in the scars. And I feel like there should be some like no way to up weapon skill, no way to like, I feel like they're a way more martial legion than these rules, like lead them to be. They're not just like, we go fast um, and we ride jet bikes, you know? Um, And I just wish there was like some way, I just, I just, I just think this is in the wrong place. You know, I just, um, I'm not happy with Chigorian Brotherhood and, and it should be better. And I think this should have just been in it. Mm-hmm. Well, the, the bad news is, is that born to the saddle, saddle still isn't the warlord trait. We like the least. It's all right. Traders don't deserve good things. I mean, <laughs> there's nothing wrong with the warlord trait. Ask Horus for permission first. <laughs> nothing wrong with it maybe <laughs> gotta ask the weekend dad permission so, yeah uh yeah. speaking of uh jesse you want to tell us about some forgotten sons oh sure why not this is a traitor only warlord trait for the white scars and thus may only be selected by a model with a traitor allegiance if an army whose warlord has this trait includes an allied detachment with the legionis astartes sons of horus special rule 
The Warlord and any unit he joins automatically pass any morale checks or pinning tests they are called upon to make without any dice being rolled, as long as at least one friendly unit with the Legionus Astartes Sons of Horus special rule can draw a line of sight to the Warlord or his unit. In addition, the Warlord and any unit he has joined may make the Death Dealer's reaction. This is an advanced reaction detailed in Liber Hereticus. Without expending a point from the controlling player's reaction allotment, and counting all models in that unit that have the Legionus Astartes special rule, as though they also have the Sons of Horus special rule, though they gain none of the benefits of that special rule. This advanced reaction may still only be used once per battle. Oh, boy. I mean... This is what you call... This is the textbook description of a niche. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And for those of you who don't remember, uh, Death Dealers is the Sons of Horus reaction where when you are chosen as the target of an attack, um, you can say, fuck you, and shoot them back first. With Ballistic Skill 5. Yeah, yeah with Ballistic Skill 5, it's real mean. It's a really cool reaction. Uh, I just wish that Forgotten Sons was... Better. Better. And, so and, you be, know, my problem is be, not the strength. Sorry, go on, Jesse. Now, it would be neat if this was a warlord trait, well, I guess it really couldn't do a warlord trait with this for the sons of Horus, but if no, this was I'll like a benefit that their like a special console or something gave this, this belongs on a named character. Mm. That's good. Point. You know, I, I have two thoughts. My first thought is this is the type of thing that I think would have been really, really great. Um, if we'd seen it in a campaign book instead of their core rules. Um, but secondly, this would have been an amazing warlord trait if it had been in the style of the Space Wolf Black Watch. If it had been a Sons of, or I'm sorry, if it had been a Sons of Horus warlord trait that you can say, hey, you know, you can do this thing. And you can have an allied detachment and that allied detachment, you know, is immune to pinning and, you know, passes morale checks as long as they're within sight of your warlord, all that sort of stuff. Just like big brother is watching. Let's do it. Um, yeah, it's a, yeah. I mean, it's, it's not, it's kind of like born to the saddle where it's not bad. Yeah. It's but not it, bad, but it's, it's not where it needs to be. It doesn't need to be there. Eh? Yeah. Yeah, so weird. I, lo- I love this type of rule. Right, it's like a really niche, like like piece of lore that allows you to build basically a whole army off of it. Right, mm-hmm. I love that, but it takes space away from Chagorian white scholars, and that's what I'm saying. They have like this like identity problem. Like this could be like, yeah. like obviously born in the saddle is like their Chagorian warlord trait, but it could have been like even like a like a traitor scar special rule, not a traitor sons of Horus, or you know like a white scar. Yeah. And this would have been perfect for that um like the uh the force multiplier that you were talking about that white scars don't really have like you could put a hatred loyalist warlord trait right there. Yes. Um yep. But instead you have to pay however many points you have to pay to keep your Sons of Horus delegation alive so that the rest of your uh, army can be angry, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Which isn't bad, but I like if you're going to keep it as a white scars thing, it would have almost been fu- more interesting. I was about to say funnier, um, but more interesting if it was any allied traitor legion as a Stardust detachment. 
that yeah. like, you know, mm-hmm. you are, you're the guys that, and really the only guys in any numbers that turn traitor from a majority loyalist legion. And they're going to have this sort of like, uh, we got to prove ourselves with every other traitor legion they fight next to. Right. Cause yeah. every single one of them is going to look at them and go, yeah, but your dad's on the other side. So like, can we really trust you to do the work? Yeah. 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 It's like your like, stuff. Oh, it, it, it's a fun rule, but it's it a great, it's like a great it, fun rule. It shouldn't have been part of the core white scars, warlord traits. Like Michael said. Yeah. Like it, it's a great fun rule. If you were already going to have them as an allied detachment, like it's a great themed rule. Like, like Mike said, it's a fantastic themed rule, but it's not, it doesn't feel broad enough for a, a core rule book rule. Yeah, it's definitely mm-hmm. the kind of rule like I as a hobbyist latch on to to make these like weird, like, you know, narrow armies, but it's definitely not in the right spot. <laughs> yeah. Well, speaking of building those armies, uh, Mike, you want to tell us about the Chagorian Brotherhood the next page over? Of course. Um, so he says reluctantly, yeah. <laughs> I would love to. Yes, my Thank sh- you sheds. very much, Jason. <laughs> Shed single tear. Well, hey, we'll come back uh, around and end on a positive note with the Sagyar Mazan. Uh, Legion Skyhunter squadrons and Legion Outrider squadrons may be selected as troops choices. And then in the detachment, they gain um, the line subtype. Uh, Skyhunter and Outrider squadrons may be selected as elite choices in this detachment. Um, they do not gain the line subtype. And then all models with the infantry unit type uh, gain the outflank special rule. Um, and then for your limitations, uh, any unit made entirely of models with the infantry unit type in the detachment using this right of war uh, that does not begin play embarked on a model with the transport subtype or any model with the vehicle subtype uh, without either the transport or fast subtypes must begin in reserves if the mission allows it. Um if they don't, obviously, you can just deploy as normal. And then um, you may not include any heavy support uh, or fortification choices, uh, flyers. Um, I think it's just like exactly what you would expect. Uh, it's like a fast food Chagorian Brotherhood. I know it's like, <laughs> it's a burger. Done. <laughs> Edible. You know? Uh it hey, you're not going to lose games with it. Yeah, it makes your jack bikes fast. It doesn't do anything really flashy. Yeah, I'm just not very excited about it. It should have Born in the Saddle built into it. And maybe even something else. <laughs> I don't know. You know what's weird for me? What? I think the thing that's most interesting tactically in this... Uh, is that all models with an infantry unit type and a detachment using this right of war gain the outflank special rule? Any of them. So, and this is a thing um, that I've been thinking of doing with other legions. And by that, I mean space wolves, because that's the only one I actually care about. <clears throat> but what you have here is the ability to take jet bikes and regular bikes all the time however many of them you can possibly want, you'll have slots for them. But if you were, and and that's great, but the problem with outflanking bikes and jet bikes is that they come on and they are going to be shot at. And that's just the way of the world. 
Um, and maybe you don't want them to run, right? Cause you're trying, you're probably going to come in and charge, right? That's, that's the outflank kind of raison d'etre. So you don't want to run cause then you can't charge, but if you don't run, then you don't get that shrouded cover save, which is what's keeping your bikes and jet bikes alive. Right. But instead of doing that, you can take this list and have the bikes and jet bikes just out there, right? Just on the table, flying around, doing God knows what, because they're fast and, you know, a little extra fast because you're friggin' white scars. And then take you some cataphractic terminators and outflank them. <laughs> <laughs> Who's slow now? Right? <laughs> um, you know, just <laughs> like you, you start playing those sort of games where the things that you are like, you know, hey, take a heavy support squad and outflank them. Take, take a support weapon squad, outflank them. Fuck it. They're all outflanking. They all have to be there. Just outflank for days. Um, and then you've got your line bikes and jet bike squadrons to run around claiming objectives and being generally annoying. Um, while the infantry is sort of your secret hammer. Yeah. Which is, welcome to the world where the jet bikes are the anvil. Mm, mm, I mean, it's you just wait point. until I get this list out, Steven. Love to see it. Like jet bikes don't need to outflank. Yeah, they have such an insane move anyway. It's like you can be to where you would outflank anyway within a turn or two regardless. Yeah, exactly. So I guess uh, my problem with this one specifically is I do think White Scar should have the best jet bikes in the game. And this right of war does not make you have the best jet bikes in the game. It's and not. Think, you just have uh, the most. And I think Chigorian. <laughs> well, no, you don't. You don't even have that. Uh, I think the Chigorian Brotherhood should be the best jet bike right of war in the game. And it's not. Are you saying that there's like no reason? Well, not no reason, but like not enough of a reason for you personally to take this over Skyhunter Phalanx? Yeah. Or like, you know, like um, some of the other legions do jet bikes just as well. You know, like they're they have like jet bike specific rights of war and they're like as good or, you know, better. Um, some of the like night Lords do be having a jet bike, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just think it's a little unfortunate, you know, the thing that gets me is the lack of heavy supports that aren't flyers. Like Sikorans are specifically noted to be fast engagement tanks. And you could bring them in first edition. It's this, this, this whole right of war is like a shell of its old self. Hmm. Yeah, you'd think it'd be like a zero to one because I mean that's what or Sky like, Hunter um, is, right? Yeah, yeah. or uh, or not Sky Sik- Hunter. Um, the um, what's it called? The rocket tank, the Sikoran Arcus, is <laughs> noted to be like a fire rockets redeploy, fire rockets redeploy, and it just seems odd that that I think I, I think I understand some of Mike's problems with uh, Chigorian Brotherhood here is that it's boring because it's nothing but bikes. All bikes all day. Mm -hmm. And you can have anti-tank and heavy guns concentrated in a unit that, surprise Forge World, isn't bikes. It's not even that I want them to have, like, the the best, like, top-tier S godlike jet bikes. I just, this is their thing. It it should be special. It should do, it it should be flashy, you know? So I will have an edge. I think they're, uh, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I, mean, I, I, just, I, 
Oh no, sorry, Jesse, go ahead. <laughs> like I said, just reemphasize: like you don't need them to be OP, but they should have something that makes that unit, that type of unit, just feel a little more special compared to the other players who are using jet bikes. Yeah, it's like it, when I play, you know, against Dark Angels, I'm like these motherfucking knights are going to beat my ass in close combat, you know? Cause that's like the dark angels thing. And <laughs> I know it's not their thing, but like, <laughs> you know, it's like their, it's like their iconic thing. And the you don't, don't want to feel them. like that, yeah. you know, like, <laughs> right. They're just like, Oh, jet bikes. white scars, bikes, so bring I, up the heavy they, bolters. They die in terrain, just like any other normal asshole on a bike. You have to <laughs> not if you take born in the saddle. <laughs> See, that's another problem is that you have to take born in the saddle in order to make sure that your bike heavy list doesn't die in terrain like an asshole. Instead of taking a, a warlord trade that makes your warlord a warlord, you know, like mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. It stops yeah. you from taking forgotten sons. That's for sure. I don't know. Right. <laughs> I don't. I didn't. I didn't have a whole ton of experience with Brotherhood okay. in first edition concept. Uh, Shigorian Brotherhood army uh, modeled as biker gangers. All the white scars are prospects. They have prospect patches on, and then <laughs> the bikers that are sons of Horus have full biker jackets on with the full ass patch on the back. Hilarious! Uh, I will it say, just sounds like you want to play Ash Wastes. <laughs> just play Necromunda, Mike. Sons of Anarchy, uh. <laughs> the skirmish game. Yeah. Mike can't not play a skirmish game, though. I can't. You're right. That's um, true. <laughs> I will say though, I think this is the only right of war that makes outrider squadrons troops. Yeah, but I think this dog water. So I, so I, I was very, well, pause for a second. I'll come back to that in a second. Um, (laughs) So I, I think what this is doing is the traditional, this, this is the niche white score thing is to have lots of bikes, not jet bikes which is neither here nor there um, are outrider squadrons dog water. I had a whole list set up ready to prove that they were not because I don't believe they are. And then I realized that the Legion outrider squadron I had 10 man strong, six power weapons, you know, Sergeant with some stuff of X was 325 points. Not the end of the world, not the end of the world in my opinion. And then I uh, just in like, fiddling around with stuff. I was like, well, you know, what if I took a, uh, a, uh, hell losing my mind a little bit, uh, a command squad and put them on bikes. And I wonder how much more expensive that would be. The answer is three points (laughs) for weapon skill five across the board, two wounds across the board and a two up armor save. Yeah. That told you. All right, there's dog water. <laughs> and, uh, so, just, and they count as line because they got the banner. Oh. Yeah. 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 Artificer armor, two wounds, weapon skill five. So, uh, yeah, I've been playing around with some Delegata sled lists <laughs> to take multiple <laughs> units of command squad bikers instead of regular outriders. Yep. Uh, so I, I do feel your pain there, Mike. <laughs> Which, yeah, uh, it's a shame that we lost the uh, uh, Hussar unit between editions. They didn't even get into um, Legacy. No. Uh, so for the Chagorian Brotherhood, so there are two other rights of war that can make Outriders troops. One is the Ravenwing Seeker's Arrow, and the other one is the Swift Blade, which is... Um, Nightbirds? 
Is it the Jeddak? The Jeddak clan lords, right? Or is that a warlord right now? Well, yeah, I guess I should have expected the Raven or the uh, Dark Angels to be able to Raven wing it up. Yeah. That's right, Mike. You're just not special. Yeah. But you can, uh, Chagoring Brotherhood is the only uh, legion that can turn uh, Outriders into elites. So you can fill up your elite squads with them. You can fill up your whole damn army with it. You can have six, you can have 13 troop choices worth of bikers. I don't know how many points that and we need all to got play. Power weapons. That might be the worst way to spend that many points. <laughs> <laughs> so, Mike, why do why do you think that outriders are so bad? They they're what do they do well? Other than go fast, they go fast. It's very odd because it feels almost like the unit was pointed for them to have two wounds apiece, like jet bikes, but then they didn't for some reason. Yeah, exactly. Why don't they have a second wound? And that's the weird Riddle thing of it. So I'm fine with one wound. Yeah, or the T5 or anything. I'm fine yes. with one wound T4 bikers. Like I said, I was I was going to make it work. It's 325 points, but I thought to myself. I mean, you say that, but then you dropped it for like <laughs> two wound bikers. Well, no, that's what I was going to say. That's what I was going to say. It's like with with the space, like very specifically, the space wolves bumping them up to weapon skill five on the charge. And then the power lances to go at initiative five. I thought I could make that work tactically. And you're in the best legion to make bikes work. Yeah, you know? space wolves. Yeah, the the legion famed for walking like Russ intended. <laughs> um, but that and they that, don't, they don't that's crawl change. on all fours. Quiet. We're, <laughs> we're we're not some word bearer priest on mushrooms, <laughs> dude. The gods are talking to me, dude. Dude, are you listening? <laughs> Acadia. Did you see Catherine or the Great? Uh, no. Yeah, watch that. And when the priest gets high on mushrooms, that is every word bearer ever. Um, <laughs> but no, and that's is what that it is. the it's Hulu just like, TV show? Yeah. Um, okay. But that's what it is. Like, I thought Legion Outriders, like, they were a little overcosted, but I thought I could make them work. But then you look over in the corner at almost what they should have been, like that second wound, and they're a little bit like just five for three just- more points. How can I not? Just compare them to an assault squad, too, you know? Yeah. yeah. Like Hammer of Wrath, uh, you know, fast movement, their line base. Power weapons. Power I, yeah, like I heavy am, chain swords. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, that's the other thing. Anyway, I, I do have hope, though, in the sense that we know GW from time to time seems to make uh, units that don't have models demonstrably worse than they should be. <laughs> That's been a thing for them for, for quite a while. Poor Castroferum Dreadnought. Um, but I think what might happen, because we know they're going to upgrade units and update stuff. And like, this is a first edition, right? This is the first book. This is the first army list, all that sort of stuff. Um, and the regular Space Marine line is slowly going away because Primaris are the thing now. And the Forge World Outriders are just ridiculous. They're pretty models, ridiculously expensive, right? If you wanted to do this mm-hmm. army with Forge World bikes. So I, I have my fingers crossed that we will see plastic bikes. We know they're bringing a lot of stuff into plastic because it's their new mainline kind of game that, that's happening out. Um, and when that happens, maybe the bikes will get better. <laughs> yeah, And I they'll make so. bikes better to make the models sell more, right? We, we know that happens, right? That new codex happens. comes out. It's always better than the other codexes. 
the new models in the new codex are better than the old models in the new codex. That's As much as people complain about codex power creep, can you imagine how much more people would complain if a new codex came out and it was just not that great compared to what it was beforehand? I've I've had that happen. Yeah, that would be 10 think, times worse. Think of what happened when uh, those 3.5 Chaos players ran into 4th edition. No. I don't have to think about it. I lived it, and I <laughs> yeah, don't want right? to think you about lived it that. anymore. Remember those Eldar Wave Serpent players when that codex changed? Oh, yeah. <clears throat> Good times. Unhappy times. I remember listening to 6th edition Chaos Space Marine players still complaining about 3.5. Well, speaking- Look, you have Heresy 2.0 players, th- Chaos players still complaining. <laughs> yeah, people about- are still complaining about 3.5, well, and 6th and edition was almost 10 years ago. Once again, we'll be right back, but I want, before, I want to thank all of our patrons who support our program at patreon.com forward slash rr30k. Starting with our Legion Praetors, Alex Self, Captain Sasquatch, Chap Lanisar, Chris Matt, Gardner.Tree of Woe, Joe from Music City Heresy, Luke Rizzuto, Matthew Boyce, Michael Tisdall, Mr. Baldwick, Nick Quenga, Rita the Fluke, Sar Luther, Variance Hammer, and Zachary Thompson. Our Legion Centurions, Aaron Maynard, Andrew N., Dave Jones, Duncan, Corcrow, Life Subaquatic, M. Tanzer, Matthew Andreasio, Nick Hilda, Richard Bork, Scott LeMay, The Zoy, and Winter. And finally, our Legion Sergeants, Aircraft Terrier, Will Farius, Dale Jones, Emily O'Hare, Eric Dacus, Garrett Lowe, Hard Fries, Jay DeSales, John, Jonathan Crane, Carl, Noah Atkins, at Fulsidax Monstrosa, and Travis Smith. Once again, thank you all for your support. We greatly appreciate it. And now we are back Speaking about unhappy times, not for us, but definitely for the white scars that have to go through it, Mike, tell us about that Sagyar Mazan. Okay, so as all you guys are, I'm sure, familiar with, this is my favorite ride of war for them. Um, Eben Keshe cohorts may be taken as a troop's choice. Um, they do not gain line. Uh, all units composed entirely of... Um, uh, using this right of war must be given the Karash rule and the feel no pain five up, which is incredible. This rule right here, insane. Um, uh, Karash means you do not give up points for dying uh, for any reason, <laughs> which is nuts. Uh, and then just a base five up feel no pain is obviously very powerful. And for your uh, stuff with Heart of the Legion, that goes to a four up on Oof. objectives, which is cuckoo bananas. Um <laughs> That's cost-effective, too. You don't have to buy uh, apothecaries to take yeah, yeah, spots it, in the elite. Yeah, it, It's really, really good. Um, and that's, an, you know, and it, it, there's some other more uh, also powerful stuff. Um, uh, all models with both the White Scars and the Karash special rule, which is all of your infantry, um, gain the Fearless special rule for the duration of any assault phase uh, that they charge. So you can tie people up really easily by, like, my tactical squad, two guys left, you know, there's a dreadnought that's going to charge, you know, some terminators that it's going to fuck up. 
I can charge it with two dudes and lock it up, you know, for a turn. If <laughs> until I'm lucky, they go you know, splat. right? Until God, they go that... I mean, not two two guys left, but I can I can hold, really hold up and survive like people that have like characters in their units that like challenge and get these like huge overkill bonus combat bonus. I can survive yeah. it for a turn. Which <laughs> Fucking nice. Sigismund just cleaving through Segu yeah. like why won't they break? <laughs> it, you know, it makes your infantry very good screens, very good objective holders. Uh, it's really, really powerful. I think this might be one of the most powerful rights of war in the game possibly it's i mean even if it doesn't make the most powerful armies it has some of the most powerful special rules i think um the limitations is where it's kind of a bummer obviously um you cannot include any heavy support that are not imposed entirely of uh, infantry models um i think this is kind of a bummer i obviously like it's already very powerful so it needs some toning down but i just feel like the Sagiar Mizen is the perfect place to have dreadnoughts in a White Scars army because, uh, if, if anyone doesn't know, traditionally mm, White Scars hate being in dreadnoughts. Um, they want they, they feel like their soul is in a cage, and that's like an anathema to them. So it it would be very fitting in my in my opinion to just stuff half traitors in these like prisons that they hate and send them at the fucking traitors to kill them. Um, and then your last limitation is any army. Uh, using this right of war cannot um, place any units into reserve, uh, perform a deep strike assault, subterranean assault is a bummer. I get the idea that you're supposed to be like uncaring, running at the enemy and killing them, but you're still a white scar, I feel like, and you should, you're trying to like kill as many traitors as you can before you die. So, yeah, you're seeking penitence. I, it doesn't mean that you lose all thought and all strategy. Yeah, yeah. So I kind of wish some of the like effects were toned down a little bit so that we could have these more fluffy options. Like I would really love, like I, I painted a, a Leviathan Dreadnought uh, because in my head I just thought like, yeah, you can have that in a Sagarmison because it's the perfect place. Uh, and then obviously you can't. I just need to fucking read the rules better <laughs> before I start hobbying. <laughs> no, no, don't do that. Um, <laughs> uh, and then the other weird thing, and this is, this is the the. Uh, part of the overall complaint where, where um, I think there's awkward points in the White Scars rules. It's Eben Keshig are worse in this right of war than they are in any other right of war, and this is kind of their right of war. They don't gain any of the bonuses because they already have them. They come with Karash and they're already fearless uh, on the charge, I think. Or well, maybe, you get them as troops, maybe they though, get that right? one. But, they, but you lose the ability to get them in a transport, which is a big deal for them. Mm. Um, and yeah because they're not speedy i mean and i think they got a little, other yeah and i feel like they got a little worse in this edition too so it's not like they need to be toned down um i say, I say they got worse is i think the, the i don't think the glaive got worse and a lot of ever uh legion special rules or special weapons got nerfed um but if the ultramarines got to keep ap at initiative then the fucking white sky should have kept it ap at well no see the reason that the the reason that the uh, White Scars didn't was because Ultramarines are 100% loyal, and White Scars, we know at least some of them turn traitor, and those guys can't have nice things. Ultramarines ah. kept their thing because that's the only thing that makes people play Ultramarines. Like, if you're that's gonna, not true. Fulmentaris Terminators. Look, if I, what I'm saying is, if you're going to take the stain on your soul of playing Ultramarines, you gotta have something to compensate you. Uh, Steven, I'm they are not the most loyal, and I will prove it. If you is it, tell me, is it Imperium Secundus? Space no. Wolves are the most no, no, loyal. No. It's a simple analogy. <laughs> okay. I, okay. You tell me you don't like broccoli. 
I say okay. I don't like broccoli. I've uh-huh. eaten broccoli. You've never eaten broccoli. Who who knows better they don't like broccoli? Me, <laughs> the guy who has eaten and tried broccoli and not liked it? Or you, the no broccoli enjoyer? <laughs> Can you tell Mike has a kid now? I <laughs> certainly. Yeah. All right, that's it. I mean, we've we've solved the heresy. In this essay, I will explain why sucking exactly one dick is less gay. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. Jesus Christ. He's a I don't It's a family show. He, yeah, okay. He's a guest. He's a guest commentator. No. He's coming back though. <clears throat> Good times. I think uh I think Jagatai had one of the most rational reactions. And most loyal, he figured out exactly what was happening. I mean, not exactly. He was in the ballpark. Yeah. But, and then he made his choice, which is the choice that he was always going to make. He's unfuckwithable. He could have made it a little earlier as a Space Wolf player. Would have been great. <laughs> you would have just, the Space Wolves would have just found some other way to fuck it up. Would have been nice. Would have been fucking nice. <laughs> we would all love the Space Wolves to be better. Okay. In yeah. general. How how are your Legion rules treating you, Mike? Because mine are treating me pretty well. Yeah, you know, it's a bad when I'm like eyeing the Space Wolf rules. It's like, maybe I should just reskin those. Yeah. Why is hell so chilly? Look what you've done. You've made somebody consider playing Space Wolves. Welcome to the side of angels, Mike. (laughs) I do actually, I do want to make a watch pack for my army. I think that would be really cool and thematic to have this like group of Space Wolves. The Tattletales? The the Virginia State Police of Space Marine Legion. The the answer is canaries in the coal mine, Stephen. Basically your own forgotten sons, but with Space Wolves instead of Sons of Horus. Right, exactly. You're, you're right about that one, Austin. I remember that Night Lord short. Oh no! <laughs> what a I, brief tangent on that one is what disturbs me the most about that short is that it's an audio drama, right? So it's not um, they add like sound effects and stuff, bolters yeah. and blades. It's and a movie in your and mind, the, and the entire scene where that mob of Night Lords is just like prison shanking uh, the watch pack. They felt the need to overlay under the narration the sound of boots and fists just hitting bodies on the ground. <laughs> which wait, which audio or which audio drama was this? Uh, I don't remember what it's called, but it it focuses on the watch pack that went to the Eighth Legion to like keep an eye on Kurs, oh. and they're basically welcomed onto the Nightfall and murdered within 20 minutes. Wild. I need to check that out, because I don't think I've ever heard of that one before. And oh, I love yeah. the audio mm-hmm. dramas. Considering that in, uh, what is it, Unremembered Empire, when uh, oh, the, oh. Watch, the watch pack just beats the dog shit out does of this the one st- Does this one start with the one lone space wolf arriving back onto uh, a ship? Yep. Yes. Okay, yeah, yeah, okay. And mutilated. Yes, yeah, yes, yes, one. yes. I heard this one. Yep. Yeah, they sent him back. But I don't know why they felt the need to do me like that. Just listen to these dudes get kicked for like a five minute scene. And the audio editor's like, no, go a little bit longer. It is grim yeah. and dark, Stephen. Grim yeah. and dark. Well, folks, this is for sure. We are uh, getting way off the path. That's yes. it. I do really like this Rite of War. Uh, it's really, really fun to play. It's really, really powerful. Um, it's basically all I've played in this edition. Um, uh, just last cannon squads with a feel no pain is nuts. And then if they kill them, 
they don't get any victory points. Your warlord, you can throw into whatever fucking combat you want. Doesn't fucking matter, dude. It. I don't know. It's 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 really strong and really fun. Um, it's what's been keeping me like actually hopping and working on the white scars more than any. Well, uh, speaking of other fun white scar stuff, uh, Jesse, you want to tell us about that armory? The next page over. All right, Legion's Shamshir Jet Bike. Any model with both the Legionis Astartes White Scars and independent character special rules, but not the unique spuff subtype, may exchange a Legion Scimitar Jet Bike for a Legion Shamshir Jet Bike for no additional points cost. Uh, Shamshir Jet Bike has one Scatterbolt Launcher. In addition, a model with a Shamshir Jet Bike that chooses to run gains the Shrouded 5-Up special rule until the start of the controlling player's next turn. A model with the infantry unit type that selects a Shamshir jet bike as an upgrade must change its unit type to cavalry anti-grav, keeping any other unit subtypes it previously had, changes its movement to 15 inches, gains the firing protocols 2 and hammer of wrath 1 special rules, and improves its armor to a 2-up save if it was worse. Uh, this additional movement granted by Legion of Stardust's White Scar special rule is included in the 15-inch uh, <coughs> movement characteristic. All right. So not so you don't get a bonus extra inch on top of that. And I will say that does carry on throughout all the other like Legion specific things. And I do really like it. It's just like, we built it in. You don't have to remember. This is how far they go. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, guys. Yep. So the scatterbolt launcher that comes with the jet bike, uh, it is counted as a bolt weapon for uh, rules that affect such weapons. It is a template weapon, strength five, AP four, and is assault one, Shred and pinning. Oh, it's like a better havoc launcher. It's Not cool. mad at it. Yeah, words okay. can't can't really express how hilarious this is. Cause you you just run up to somebody and pin them. Yeah. And it's then you're fun. right there with your assault weapon. It's a uh, walk it's right on over, beat him to death. <laughs> it's it's fun. Uh it's on the Sam Shear is slower than a normal jet bike, which is kind of hilarious because in the Sam Sam Shear uh, little quip about it, it says uh, is employed by the White Scars for its increased speed and maneuver. It's slower. <laughs> it can go faster, but they drive it slower. <laughs> no, there's oh, right. there, there's like the one. highway like, there's like your highway speed and then your yeah. max speed. Right, you can yeah, only right. fly so fast and shoot the gun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if the, normally the Shamshir can actually drive so fast that it outruns the Scatterbolt, and so you're just blowing yourself up. So yeah, that's why it, they drive it. It's like that F-16 that shot itself down. You don't <laughs> stop. Yeah, it's you know you have to you have to. Um, they were tired of running into their own bullets. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's got a governor on it. It's like a Tesla. <laughs> can only go but so fast. It makes my eye fast. twitch, dude. <laughs> Just trolling Mike over here. They put they put pro, they put prospects on uh, Sham Shears and yeah. tell them to hit max speed and then fire the scatter bolt. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, the next uh, weapon they have in the armory is the Power Glaive, a model with the character subtype and White Scar special rule may have a power weapon upgraded to a Power Glaive for five points. Uh, obviously, it counts as a power weapon. It is a melee weapon of strength plus one, AP three, melee, and breaching five up. It's kind of like a slightly worse tyrannic greatsword. 
or but a, a lot cheaper s- than a Tyrannic Great Sword. It's a shot. Uh, a slightly yeah, different five points. Charnable okay. Glaive. Uh, yes. And um, no, no, no. It's not five points, Stephen. It's an upgrade to a power weapon for five points. No, so you're looking at least probably fifteen to twenty. Yeah, it's well, it's character, points. so yeah, between five and fifteen, uh, or ten and fifteen. It is a better uh, Calbanite Warblade. I am very bummed on this weapon, if I'm being totally honest. Uh, and I think it's mostly just like a pers- like a, a like an unreasonable bummer. Um, I really, it was AP two last edition. I got really used to that. Um, so this is always just going to feel worse to me, even though it has the breaching five up. Um, and I just wish that I, th- I think the thing that bumps me out the most really is like, um, you know, I, I put a lot, I like got those like custom glaives made for my whole army and mm-hmm. it's just not a very good weapon to put on most of the time. And so it feels like a punishment that I pay points for. Like, you know, I wanted all, all my cool dudes cause it's like the cool Jagorian weapon and it's kind of just mid you know i'm surprised it doesn't have uh like reach or duelist edge yeah yeah same um because like the i was looking at the charnabelle glaive and it has duelist edge two Mm -hmm. um compared to the normal charnabelle's duelist edge one right so it's a sense it's ostensibly giving you that plus one initiative for the reach of the thing yeah especially when you compare it to the other like polearm style special weapons of the death guard and the emperor's children and bonus mm-hmm. initiative just really fits the white scars too. Like, you know, like mm-hmm. uh, they're martial artists. A lot of them, you know, they're trained with these weapons. Like they're fast. They're supposed to be fast, quick, it's easy initiative. Like it would make sense. What's a little odd yeah. too. Uh, uh, I just realized it's, it might not be as great is it should be, but it's a better version of the Carsoran power axe for the sons of Horus. Cause it's the exact same, uh, like breaching five plus and AP three, but the Carsoran power axe does not give you the plus one strength. And it's also a specialist weapon, mm. which is exactly what we were talking about with Zach. Just a couple, uh, few weeks ago is that uh the carsoran power axe feels okay but it feels like it's really missing that plus one strength so it mm-hmm. yeah i mean every other power axe gets fun. it could be worse <laughs> certainly like you still get your plus one weapon or plus one attack which is nice yeah yeah and ap3 is like traditional now like they don't like handing out ap2 to anything anymore yeah, demo no. cannon. Like I said, I think I, I think it's an unreasonable bummer. Like I said at the beginning, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think it has a lot to do with being it. It, it the weapon use has fundamentally changed. Um, right, it's that hard. You know, like it is, it's, it's hard coming to terms armor. with a new with a new uh, edition sometimes. And I especially with this one, feels so drastic for a lot of different things. So it's yeah. like, despite you know having a mindset of how things are supposed to be because of the game that we played for the past six, seven years. It's, it's a brand new game basically. <laughs> yeah. But still feels weird. But, uh, yep. But, uh, let's see the last, uh, part of the armory is the Cyberhawk, a independent character with the white scar special rule that does not have the unique subtype can take a Cyberhawk for 10 points. At the start of any turn in which the controlling player is the active player, 
A model with a Cyberhawk may select one enemy unit with at least one model within 24 inches. When making shooting attacks against a unit, the model with the Cyberhawk and all models in any unit it has joined may re-roll all failed to hit rolls of one, and when declaring a charge targeting the chosen enemy unit, the model with the Cyberhawk and any unit it has joined uh, may add plus one to their charge roll. I mean, it seems like an auto-take to me, right? Um, that's so getting it's not as good as it was before, but I think that's okay because it works on more stuff now. It's cheaper, and you can put it on more things. So I think that trade-off is totally f- um, mm. And it's, yeah, like you said, an auto-take. <laughs> yeah, it's it seems funny. Um, and you're right about being able to stack charge roll bonuses. Like, you still can't exceed 12, and already, like, if you've got forgive me, Mike, an Outrider squad with a character in it. <laughs> command squad. <laughs> outrider command squad. An Outrider command squad with the, char- with the character that has this. Uh, they're already at plus four, so they're charging a minimum of six inches. Yep. And if you're doing, uh, you know, the approved Warlord trait, ignoring difficult terrain. Yeah. And like, I mean, like, what if you had a Vigilator nearby too? He could mark him as well. And you have now you have another plus one. It's crazy. It, you can stack a lot of plus ones with the army. And um, I think if you have like the extra points, tossing a Cyberhawk on every <coughs> character you bring is totally fucking worth it. Plus, who doesn't want a fucking bird pet? That's tight. Yeah, right. That's cool Everybody likes birds. Yeah, there's not enough familiars for all the different legions. I feel like every dude in the world has thought about having like becoming a hawker at some. You mean a yeah, falcon? Having a, oh, having yeah. a hawk, a falcon. God, um, this depending guy on if you're, stars. Depending on what stage you are in your life, it's either a falcon or a raven. Yeah. Right? Like, depending on where in Richmond you're from. Hit that yeah. emo stage and just... <laughs> yeah. I think you, at one time you, I googled, like, falcon or apprenticeships, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. Once, sure. once, when you're an adult, when you're, like, a fully grown adult, you think about falconers. When you're in that emo stage, it's ravens. When you've been on Tumblr for too long, it's crows. Right. <laughs> then you have your midlife crisis and just want to get a great big eagle that goes fast. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Well, I mean, it's like, a, it's like a great base class, right? That you have a lot of, like, like upgrade potential. Like, you can go into pirate, you know, parrot, boom. That's true. Yeah, a bird <laughs> owner is your life class. Yeah. Jesus yeah. Christ. Yeah, pirate, you gain specializations. Anyway, anyway, anyway. Uh, you know, moving uh, anyway, right along. Yeah. Bird gang. Um, Let's talk about some of those specializations, like the console stormseer. The stormseer. I, I want to talk about yeah, this one. Take it I away, like this Austin. One. Yeah. So somebody else using the natural power of the world. Whoa, 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 whoa. Do not, do not conflate Stormseers, who are awesome, with, uh, with Rune Priests, who are, like, goofy. like, goofy and dumb. Who are what like, Stormseers want to be when they grow up? We'll get there. Well, we'll get there. Since we're talking about dudes in different phases of their life, you want to talk about having a midlife <laughs> crisis. What if you were just doing nothing and then decided, you know what? I want to pretend to be a Viking wizard. Rune Priest. Just even imagine choosing ice over lightning. Please. For real, the lamest of the elements. <laughs> oh, what am I? I'm just hard water. Hmm, like stupid. It's not summertime, is it? Jesus Christ! Jesus yeah. Christ! I hate all of you. We'll do you want to be able to cool down your Primarch's drink, or do you want me to be able to unleash the Bronze Age equivalent of a weapon of mass destruction? <laughs> Lightning is the superior element all day, every day. Ice is never. There are anyone. no. There are no. There's no. Uh, 
king of various pantheons. Look, ice is the perfect murder weapon. I stab you with it. It melts away. What was the murder weapon? Bam. <laughs> Checkmate, atheists. The storm's here. The storm's <laughs> here, boys and girls. 45 points. Uh, you can upgrade your centurion to this. Uh, he gains the psyker subtype. He gets the storm's fury or divination telepathy or thaumaturgy. Although I will say if you take any of those, uh, you are a coward. You have a special, <laughs> it, it, Again, it's like, lightning. it's like room priests, right? You have the fury of Fenris. Why, why are you doing anything else? Uh, they may not select any of anything else, but those ones we talked about, they get animatic adamantium will four up. Uh, and then standard replace power weapon, bolt pistol or combi weapon with a force weapon at no additional cost. And in addition, a storm seer may select a psychic hood for 15 points. And that's hilarious. Uh, cause you can have your power weapon of, of a certain variety, right? You switch out your bolt pistol for another power weapon or for, for the force weapon, right? So you can have your force maul uh, that you can make like strength 12 to go beat tanks to death. And then you've got your power sword or axe or whatever uh, to fight things that have an AP value that you care about. Uh, But that's not the important thing. The important thing is Storm's Fury. So it's got two things like all psychic powers or psychic uh, disciplines. Uh, The first one is the Unseen Bolt, a bolt of lightning from the endless blue sky. Uh, it's your basic one. It has 72 inch range, strength four, AP four, heavy one, large blast, barrage, shock pulse, force. Uh, and force, of course, is you uh, take a psychic check, and if it works, you double the strength. So strength eight, AP four, heavy one, large blast, shock pulse. Anybody got that handy? That's um, that's forcing snapshots on vehicles. And yeah, dreadnoughts not, and automata. No. Yeah, it's um, so. I do love the fact that it has barrage. So your uh-huh. buddy unit over there with a nuncio vox can say, "Yeah, hit the lightning right there." Yeah, yeah. he's but, actually just throwing out a, a lightning rod that just <laughs> lands in the middle. But can I just say uh, that not as good as uh, strength five goes to ten assault one deflagrate template. Imagine thinking that throwing a lightning bolt is not as good as anything else. It's AP four, Steven. <laughs> Actually, you know what I do love about this is the idea of, um, yeah, just kind of, <laughs> just kind of, yeah, damn right. Thematically. No, we have to, we have to present a unified front, Mike. <laughs> Lightning is better than ice. Um, but this is the super cool thing about this is the idea of like a storm seer, just contemptuously obliterating a solar auxilia squad with one yes, lightning bolt. That's exactly what I was just thinking. Ah, poor mortals. Look at all those mortals over there. They're already having a bad day. Their demo cannons are AP4. And small blast. (laughs) And small blast. (laughs) They're having a bad enough time this edition, Stephen. Don't encourage this. You got your tertios. Um, But again, that's the basic one. And it's not bad, right? It's not bad. It Uh, is the best of his two. Then you get Call of the Wind. Speaking of the worst element, how is the wind worse than ice? I ask you, don't answer. Look, ice is I don't want you to answer when the wind is making it fast and hurty. Right? <laughs> ice is nothing without the wind. wind the is wind is nothing on its own anyway. Instead of moving, hello, hurricane. Hello. Yeah. Shut up, Austin. 
<laughs> Jesus. Instead of moving in the movement phase, a psyker with this power may grant fleet two to all friendly models with at least one model within six inches, uh, which lasts until the beginning of the controller player's next turn. Uh, when using this power, you can make the psychic check to give them fleet four. And of course, if you fail that, you suffer perils of the warp like everything else you try to force. Um, Tornado Man? How cool is that? The, Actually, the power is... Uh, uh, yeah, the, the, the power is nowhere near as good as Storm Rot, which is call up a blizzard, be impossible to be shot at. Get out yeah. of here. You mean the wind again? The What kills me about this rule is that you have to s- stay still. It's like an anathema to like the fluff, really, and like to how their special rules have been presented this whole time, you know, like from the beginning, plus one movement, seizing the initiative, like bonuses for you got to stand still with your character. And it is weird because it doesn't seem, because it doesn't say like, Hey, if you haven't moved or anything else, like it seems very against relentless. Yeah. And it's like, like, and I, I don't know if that was, if that's something that, you know, we might see in an FAQ that like, Oh, Hey, if you're relentless, this this doesn't count, in which case you'd get a little bit more fun because I think like, you know, jet bikes, I want to say, are relentless. They so are. You can mi- yeah, you can mount them on a jet bike. Are uh, Outriders relentless? I don't remember. I mean, consoles are relentless I can check. regardless. Oh, yeah, yeah. The bikes are relentless. So like, well, if consoles are relentless, then you would ride it this way. Um, but I, I think Mike hit it on the nose. This isn't, on the face of it, bad, right? You can give everybody fleet two you can give everybody fleet four reliably um that's just dumb your your tactical squad your your freaking terminators are going 12 inches this is insanity um but your psyker can't have moved and that and means like- that either the psyker because because he's a console and consoles always are in a squad right because you want to bubble wrap them a little bit and you know do their thing so that whole squad's not moving because you can't, I, I guess technically the squad could leave him and then you could have the psyker do this thing, but then the squad that he's left doesn't get the benefits or you have him out on his own the turn before, um, which is really only feasible from a safety standpoint. Well, you can't leave a squad during the assault phase anymore. So yeah, no, you, you have to have him on his own, from the previous turn. So you have a whole turn of enemies being able to murder him on his own. And if they don't, cause you're hiding him behind a rock or whatever, uh, then he can do this bonus, which is good. Maybe, maybe that's what this whole thing is about. This, this whole character is set up to be hiding in a corner, um, doing barrage, shitty lightning bolts. And I say that purely to troll Steven and Mike, um, and call of the wind for, I guess, a turn, like that first turn, to get your infantry out there quicker. He's no rune priest, Stephen. I think, like, you're right. I think, and this is like the identity problem, again, in my opinion. Like, so your unseen bolt is, like, cool. Uh, I like it. It feels like a lightning bolt, right? Feels very storm seary, um, and it very lends him to, like, standing in the back and like shooting lightning bolts that makes sense to me but call the wild you need to be around other things to give out the bonus so you either only get to use your psychic power once per game 
like really at all, you know, uh, which seems weird, you know, like, I don't know. Yeah. Or you have to live dangerously by yourself. I wish that like, instead of it being like a bubble, you could like choose one unit, like within like a little larger distance. So like sitting them in the back and not moving made more sense. Yeah. Or, or you could like force it. So like you get the one unit that you can give fleet two to within like 12 or whatever. And then you could force it for like fleet three applies to three units within 24 or something like that. And then I think the biggest problem with these is not even like their rules itself. It's just that telepathy is so fucking busted that it w- there's no reason to take a litter. Because you are a coward and well, that's all I, all I have because it is a really <laughs> good discipline. I mean, obviously um, I don't just take the best stuff, but it's it like, when some, Look, I don't know. I'll be damned before I take anything, but wins a Fenris on mine. So like, I'm I right there with te- you. <laughs> I want to take telepathy because I want to turn off reactions. I think that's like a really white scars thing to do is stop your opponent from doing their plan. But like that pinning ability feel dirty selecting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's an interesting, like, and then it's not terrible. It's, it's <sighs> that instead of moving in the movement phase, that just makes me, it it's a weird it's a weird choice. Like you could absolutely castle up first turn, everyone around the storm seer, he pops it, you flying everything forward, you know? You've stolen mm-hmm. the initiative or guaranteed you've had it, you know. And yeah, that could probably be pretty powerful. But then it just feels like it's like I, I bring characters to have them involved in the whole battle because that's how I like really immerse myself in theirs with the characters. And I understand not everyone plays this way, so this complaint it might be unique to me and a few other people. But like, I want them to be impactful so I can like really immerse myself. Feel like I'm doing cool things with these cool characters that I spend a lot of time building and thinking about their backstories, you know. And like, if I'm just popping this like one ability at the beginning of the game and then he just fucks off and throws like like one or two lightning bolts, that's like kind of a bummer. He's a shaman that sits in his cave rattling his beads. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. But, but I mean, like, compare that to, shooting, to Stormrot, you know? right? Like, Stormrot gives five up shrouded. Uh, or three up shrouded if you pass a psychic test and it's just instead of making a shooting attack. Yeah. And so I like think- your room priest can be there, can be in, in the mix living your best life. So yeah, that's, and I and maybe, maybe it would be too powerful if you're just constantly grab giving everybody within six fleet two. Yeah, I think and I can, fleet like, four reliably. I, I think um, you could even drop it down to fleet one and then fleet two if you pass the test and then just let him move and even shoot at that point, really, you know? And then you have like a really flexible storm seer that gets to do Yeah, or like you said, just have it have it affect like one one unit or you know, D three or something like that. Um, but if it uh it, it really can't be any better because the wind is dumb than hard water you say that and yet what would you rather have call of the wind or storm rot the prosecution rests uh good night everybody but you know what you couldn't do in with storm rot without wind have a motherfucking storm decent points made by all sides so since we have not been back and <laughs> forth enough this episode yet uh I want to talk about Golden Keshig. So, okay. we're getting into the special units here. Uh, we've talked a little bit about the Eben Keshig uh, and the Sagyar Mazan. 
Uh, so I kind of want to talk about the other half of the, the whole Keshig idea uh, with the golden Keshig. So I can't think of another unit in the game so far that feels so weird. Um, they really kind of bring all of that like weird rules interaction of like disparate things that don't quite fit together that right. Um, okay. So let me start off here. Uh, pretty decent stat line across the board for a Legion Elite unit. Uh, you've got your weapon skill five, you've got two wounds, uh, leadership eight, two up save. Uh, they are all on Shamshire jet bikes. Uh, for 140 points, you get a unit with uh, two dudes and a champion uh, who's just got that plus one bonus attack. So uh, they come stock with artificer armor. Don't know why. Shamshire already give you a two plus, but it's nice it's there. Uh, you've also got the chainsword bolt pistol and a Kantos power lance. So this is part of the weirdness. Uh, two, they're also they're anti-grav like other jet bikes, but they're heavy, which is bizarre given that they are a jet bikes and b, uh, you can't run with them, so they are unable to gain a lot of the bonuses normally imparted by jet bikes. Um, it's very heavy. Yeah, it's apropos considering. Uh, they do have hit and run. They're relentless. They've got one uh, Hammer of Wrath 1. Uh, you can take three bonus ones. You can trade out your chain sword for a power up and a Chernobyl weapon for 10 points. You can take a Vex. Uh, your champion can take a Thunder Hammer for 25 points. That's his only option. So your Kantos Power Lance, um, they are power for everything that affects them. Uh, they are Strength 10, AP 1, Melee, Ungainly, Lance, Brutal 3, Sudden Strike 4, and Two-Handed. So Ungainly means a model may only attack with this weapon in the turn it makes a successful charge, but does not gain a bonus attack for charging or from any special rules that would normally grant additional attacks. So when you charge, and only when you charge successfully, you get one attack from each guy and two from your champion. So uh, Strength 10 AP 1, Lance, so any armor above 12 is 12. Uh, brutal 3, so you're rolling three saves for every wound. Sudden Strike 4 <laughs> bumps your initiative up to 8, so pretty much before everything in the game except Fulgrim. Uh, and then two-handed, because makes sense. Um, yeah, these feel very odd as a unit. They don't click together quite right. Um, on the face of it, the Kantos Power Lance is strong, they're strong, uh, but yeah, like, having heavy put on them on is very weird. Yeah, and it looks like they would be able to handle just about any vehicle that they run into. Or any dreadnought. Yeah, I mean, they hit, yeah, they're very dangerous. They hit very hard. Uh, Does brutal affect vehicles, or is it just models with wounds? Just models with wounds. Camera off the top of my head. Um, I, I like Jason. Hate the heavy rule. Um, 
It also means that they can't have apothecaries join their Correct. unit. Right, um, because yeah, the Shamshir jet bike is not mentioned specifically in the apothecarian right. detachment rules. It is rules. not a scimitar jet bike. And um, like the Samshir, it is slower than a normal jet bike, which doesn't make any sense. Uh, these are your like your these are the best of the best of the best jet bikers. You know, like in the White Scars, they should be the fastest people on the field. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I feel like that, and they can't run, so they're like not they're the specifically the Samshir entry says that they are known for their increased speed and maneuverability, but these guys can't run. So where's yeah. the maneuverability? You know, they can't. They, jink, yeah. they can't. Yeah, they lose. They lose their uh, movement. Bo- they lose one inch to their movement bonus when making movement reactions. Yep, because they're heavy. And then I don't think on. I think like a disordered charge turns off on gainly other people don't i'm happy to play that way because obviously it's better for me um (laughs) it does take away sudden strike which it's just like it cripples the unit basically it this unit gets crippled by disordered charge more than any other unit in the game basically and that might be on purpose um because they do hit so hard there needs to be some kind of counterplay to them Mm -hmm. um but that combined with the weird heavy mechanic like them feel kind of awkward like they're gonna do good they're gonna kill stuff but like they just don't feel as good as they as like your like golden star unit they are a little dangerous like the contos power lance by itself is dangerous but i feel like as a delivery platform they're not as scary as you would imagine because their weapon skill yeah. five they only have a single attack each except for the champion and at most, you can get six dudes in the unit. So an absolute like maximum of seven attacks. And well, you can fall back because in addition to their power lance, they do have a chain sword and bolt pistol. So if you wanted to just choose instead to just rev up chain swords, you would get a bonus attack for that. But still, it's feels very lackluster. Right. I guess you can get three attacks with a chain sword on the charge. But uh, yeah. You're only ever getting six Kanto's Power Lance attacks, and it's like, they're good. Yeah. But it, it kind of like forces you to build them as a Death Star, too, because of that. So, like, you have to bring like a librarian to turn off people's reactions so they survive the, the charge. Yeah. Uh, or you have to bring a uh, um, chaplain so that since they only get five really good hits or six really good hits, you have to make sure they hit because, you know, if three of them fail, which is not an unreasonable, you know, your, your unit that you're really counting on something happening, you know, you fall flat and it, that feels really bad with a unit. Like yeah. No, for sure. So I a little bit weird. Those, how, how would you, what would you suggest to make them better? Um, I think really, really just removing heavy would be the minimum. I think uh, I would like their movement to be bumped up. I think they should be a point faster than your normal jet bikes. They really should be, you know, like your yeah. spearhead. Yeah. Um, and I, I really don't think those are unreasonable requests. I think, <laughs> um, but the heavy might be, like I say, a, a balancing mechanic. Like they're tr- like because they hit so hard. Um. But I feel like they're the the amount of like uh, n- nerfs that they have on them to like counteract how strong the land. 
they kind of like banking on you to hit with every power weapon or every land. Sure. To balance it out. Right. It does feel like you have to feed a lot into the unit. Like you're saying, like a chaplain, um, a librarian to make sure they don't just get, you know, their lances turned off by a single leadership check from hold the line. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And two, I mean, with weapon skill five, if you're charging something like a dreadnought, I mean, you're hitting on a four, which is basically statistically 50% of your attacks are gone anyway. Right. But yeah, it feels, I think it, it does feel like they've been nerfed as if they were a much stronger unit than they are. Yep. But, well, room for improvement. Hmm. They, I will say this: they are, they will make their points back if you play them well, um, or if your opponent just totally misunderstands them. <laughs> they will definitely, they can be, they can still be your MVP unit. Like you can still get a lot right. out of them. They should just be better. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. Yeah. Well, upside though, uh, the other half of the Keshig, the Eben Keshig, I think came out pretty well. But uh, Mike, you want to tell us about them on the next page over? Uh, so they're movement eight terminators, which is cool. Uh, weapon skill four, which is their their biggest hindrance is their weapon skill four. But then they have like a pretty normal stat line, two wounds. Uh, where it really gets juicy is they get three attacks apiece, um, and they all uh, start with power glaives, your legion weapon that is breaching five up, uh, and not a specialist weapon. So you can get an extra attack for paired weapons, an extra attack for charging. So you can re- these guys can really become a. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but any sorry anyway on top of that they you know like a terminator they're relentless bulky um they come stock uh with the karash special rule that i mentioned uh, when we we're talking about the sagyar maizan um which i'll go over in a second they have stubborn and they have a five up feel no pain base so you don't have to put anything with them uh to get that which is good because they can't um you can add five additional um they can change their power glaives out for combi weapon, uh, combi bolter and power weapon, or combi bolter and power fist, uh, any model in the unit um, can exchange your combi bolter uh, for a magna combi weapon, minor combi weapon, uh, volkite charger. Um, one of them can take a vexilla and a grenade harness. Uh, their Karash special rule says no enemy player may ever score any victory points for the destruction of a unit with this special rule, regardless of the scenario played or any victory conditions in effect. Super strong. Um, mm-hmm. especially so very, many very, very so many good. missions have kill points uh i did mention that they could get an extra attack for paired weapons i forgot like Evan Kesha can't i mentioned that but um oh. uh <laughs> in addition a model with a special rule uh may not join any unit that is not composed uh, entirely of models that also have the Karash special rule nor may any model that does not have the Karash special rule uh join a unit that includes any model um which uh, I forgot to mention when we covered it in the Sagar Mizen, the, the cool thing that that does allow is since it gives all of your infantry Karash, your special characters can join your Ebon Keshig squads, which is like a unique feature mm. um, that I forgot to go over. But a very, very good rule. You know, uh, Not much more to say about these guys. They're pretty, uh, pretty yeah, solid. They're pretty straightforward, yeah. You know, they're, they eat anything with a three-up saber worse alive. Yeah. <laughs> And like with the power and the power glaive, 
breaching on a five up with three attacks base and plus one for charging, you're you're bound to get some AP two hits in there pretty easily. Yep. And interesting thing, like so, but no, there are no character units in this unit or character models in this unit, so you can't uh, draw out like enemy characters or warlords with this group. They just have to go in there and just start butchering everybody until they get to the uh, to the ju- juicy nugget in the center. They are stubborn, which is great. I mean, I guess all Terminators are stubborn. It just feels so good. I feel like Terminators feel really good in this edition. <laughs> Definitely. Well, all right. Well, let's talk about the last one. Uh, next page over. Uh, the Kyazagan Assault Speeder. Jesse, you want to take this one for us? Uh, sure. So uh, the Ki- Kizagan Assault Speeder is a 15-inch movement uh, assault speeder. It's weapon skill, ballistic skill, strength of four. It has toughness seven, four wounds, initiative four, two attacks, a leadership of nine, which I think is pretty cool, and a three-up save. Um, composed of one speeder. Uh, the guys inside have a bolt pistol, chain sword. Uh, it is a anti-grav and heavy cavalry unit. It gains deep strike, relentless, firing protocols four, Harbingers of the Legion, Outflank, and Hit and Run. Uh, you can take up to two additional Kaizagen Assault Speeders for 105 points each, and they may take up to two Hunter Killer Missiles for five points each. The Assault Speeder itself comes equipped with one Kier's Assault Cannon and two Reaper Auto Cannons base, which makes it pretty darn cool. It's great. In my mind. Yeah, it's, it's, it's good. For 105 points... It's toughness Heck seven. Yeah, I did not realize it was toughness seven. Yeah, yeah it's it's, hot, it's great. <laughs> it's like a mini dreadnought. Where else are you going to get two Reaper auto cannons and a Kier's assault cannon? Yeah, it's like a flying dreadnought. Really, it, it's they they feel great. <laughs> yeah, it's got three up save, which honestly I feel like a two up would have made it too good. Yeah, yeah. Um, that three up save kind of helps balance it out. It doesn't feel as a you can take Just, small units of these, harass. They'll feel good while they're harassing. Mm-hmm. You know, they're tough to take down. They're just really good. Yeah, no kidding. Um, the, um, the, I guess the really only downside, because, you know, I, I'm an asshole like that, is <laughs> you, you very easily find a lot of anti-infantry uh, and light armor in the White Scars. Like, that's basically every unit, you know, is really sure. good at that. Um uh, so a lot of times, like it's it's hard for me to fit these in because I'm looking for anti-tank by that point in my list. But that's just because I prioritize things over the speeders, really. Yeah, uh, well, they are very, very good. Yeah, don't uh, cut yourself short with the Reaper auto cannons with the rending. I think they're what strength yeah. seven off the top of my head and gain this additional D three on the rend. I think I've played against <laughs> uh, auto cannon uh, like um, heavy support squad like in like 90% of the games I've played this edition, auto cannons are scary. (laughs) Yes, they are. (laughs) Dude, they do work. And yeah, these will just feel great. Oh shoot. I didn't realize too. Uh, Harbingers of the Legion means nothing can really join them. Sort of like bitter duty, Uh, but also they get to reroll any failed shrouded saves. That's that is really cool. That's pretty darn resilient. Hmm. Can cavalry get sh- shrouded? Yeah, saves? for like evade. 
Okay, yeah, from yeah. from the reaction, yeah. Oh yeah, from a reaction. Okay, because I know they can't. The jinx save is not a. Sadly, not a thing. Yeah, the jinx is now effectively evade. So, <laughs> but again, that is a solid speeder, and I'm really starting to get. I'm really starting to open my mind to speeders in this edition, which are oh, yeah. really really good. They are like dreadnoughts are scary. However, speeders are quite a dark horse that if you're not looking out for them, will just suddenly just tear you apart. Oh, yes. I will say, if you want a little bit of white scar spice in your normal Legion life, these are great for allied detachments. Ooh. They're low points, high toughness. They do a lot. They're impactful. They'll really, I feel like, feel like having white scars in your army. Take one home today. (laughs) Adopt a Kai's again. All right, we got one last uh, unit to go through here from the original doc. Uh, Mike, you want to tell us about Kenja? Yep, love this dude. He's great in the story. He's great in the game. Um, One of my favorite characters. I bring him a lot. Um, And not because specifically that I want Quinja in my games. I do love him. But uh, he does some unique things for your army composition that I really like. so I'll go over that. He's 220 points, um, movement 8, weapon skill 6. Uh, he's got 4 wounds, initiative 6, 5 attacks, leadership 10 with a 2-up save. Um, he's got Tartarus Terminator armor on, Iron, Iron Halo, Grenade Harmus. He's got the twi- the Tales of the Dragon, uh, unique character. Um, he's Master of Legion. He's got Counterattack 2, Furious Charge 1, Bulky 2, Relentless Stubborn, Master of the Keshig, <clears throat> which is uh, the reason why I bring him in most of my games. Uh, and I'll go over that in a second. And then his Warlord trait, Chosen of the Kagan, and he's obviously a loyalist. Um, <clears throat> he's the army's warlord. Uh, if he's the army's warlord, he has to take the Chosen of the Kagan trait. Um, if he's the warlord once per battle, the controlling player may choose to either bring in a single eligible friendly unit um, <clears throat> or group of friendly units assigned to a deep strike assault, flanking assault uh, into play from reserves automatically instead of rolling, or have it remain in reserve for that turn. Um, in addition, he can use a normal reaction during the assault phase um, as long as he's still alive. Uh, I think this is a really, really awesome White Scars um, Whirler trait. Kind of wish it had been something like, like that you could choose because I feel like it really fits them. Mm-hmm obviously because it's on the master of the Kashyyyk. Um, um, <laughs> funnily enough, I don't, I've, I've never really used it. I play Sagar Meisen and I can't do any kind of reserves outflanking or assault. So I shed a little tear every time I'm looking at his rules because I oh, yeah. have <laughs> yet to really use it. Um, the reason I really like him in my Sagar Meisen, despite him not really being a fluffy choice, is um, his master of the Kashyyyk special rule. Uh, if he's selected... Uh, as a leader of a Tartarus command squad, any model in the command squad may replace their power weapon with a power glaive for plus five points. Um, it's great. It's my way to run the Keshig, which are my favorite thing from the novels, like these Terminator, like super elite uh, uh, white scars. Um, so it's a good way to represent them since we don't have an option for weapon skill five Terminators. Um, and then you get to slap on that really iconic very you know like chagorian power glaive on all of them it's not the best option like competitively but man a whole unit with glaives with like a big banner it's just unfuckwithable really 
Uh, and then his his weapon is the last thing here, and it's really really good. It's got two modes. Um, they are power weapons. Um, when he's fighting in close combat, he has to uh, select one profile um, at the start of each controlling player's assault phase. So the first one he can do is called Split the Mountain. Uh, gives you plus three strength. Is AP two, melee unwieldy and master crafted. Um, very good, you know. Um, on the charge, you have Furious Charge. That puts him at strength 5. Um, you know, <laughs> it's strength 8, AP 2. I mean, you're it, it's really, really good. And then you have Part the Horse's Mane, plus 1 strength, AP 2, uh, Precision Strike 3 up, Master Crafted. Um, this dude just blends people. He's great. Um, if you get him in combat with someone, you know, right around the same power level or lower, he's just going to fucking mow through him. It's awesome. Yeah, I got nothing else to say for that, too. He's yeah. been for 220 points, like... He's a He-Man ass-beater. I mean, it's yeah. great. <laughs> Just a beefed-up Praetor. And... Yeah, he won't stand up to, you know, like stuff like Ralderon, some of the Dark Angel special characters, but yeah, he well, to you know, toe-to-toe with a lot of people, and um, it is a really cool modeling opportunity, um, his, like, little command squad, so... I think he's the I like him a only lot. place I can think of... Um, where you have counterattack of better than just one. Yeah. <laughs> so Yeah, you don't get that very often. So he's actually He's getting like eight attacks if yeah, you charge him. Better <laughs> if you yeah. charge him. <laughs> That's pretty interesting. I like that. So, uh I would be remiss though, uh, if we did not talk about in the legacy document. We have a very important White Scars character that uh, got left out a little bit of the main book. So, I just got two units, Jason. The first one's going to be the Falcon's Claws, which is a fast attack. And then we also have the HQ Solomon Khan. But uh, for the fast attack, the Falcon's Claws, they're at 90, 95 points. They have a 9-inch movement and have basic... Uh, marine stat lines across the board, except uh, they have uh, scout armor, giving them a four up save instead of a normal three up. And it's composed of normally uh, four uh, standard dudes and a Falcon claw champion for the Sergeant. They come equipped with two lightning claws, scout armor, frag and crack grenades, and also shroud bombs. They're light skirmish infantry. And uh, champions of character. They have the White Scars special rule, outflank, move through cover, precision strikes on a five up, and marked for death. Which I don't know what marked for death is off the top of my head. Uh, that's the same rule as Seekers have, where you pick a unit and you can reroll any two oh, wounds yes. of one. Gotcha. It's a little odd considering they come stock with lightning claws that have shred. Yeah. Well, the thing is, um, let's see, you can take up to additional five for 16 points a pop. Uh, you may change their lightning claws for power weapon and bolt pistols for free. You can take melted bombs for five points a model. The champion may take a cyberhawk for 10 points and the champion may exchange one of his lightning claws for either a thunder hammer for 20 points, a power fist for 15 hand flamer for five Plasma Pistol for 10, or uh, Volkite Serpenta for 5 points. 
I feel overall for 95 points for five dudes might be a little pricey, especially because they're one wound each and only have a four up save. However, I do like the idea that they can outflank. You, you got to figure out a way to really like, I don't know, like put them in some sort of cover or put them in a, some sort of a vehicle because they don't come with a dedicated transport. It might be worth popping a bunch of these in a land raider and just belching them onto the field later. Well, they are skirmishedly, so they do get that little bonus to cover saves, which is nice, and they're light. And that's true. Do they infiltrate? Uh, they have outflank, but they do not have infiltrate. I do. I, I really. I came around on this unit in this edition. I was like, kind of like, we, I didn't uh, like them initially in first edition, just because like I'd never heard of them. It seemed like a weird choice. I didn't really know what their role was, but um. I think they're weird, and I think that's what white scars are—is weird. So. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, and and this edition, they, you know, like they might have been able to do it last edition. I didn't really look at them very much because I was like pretty bu- like just weirded out by them. Uh, <laughs> um, I like that they can take a cyberhawk. Um, so you can, it, in my mind, it sees like these cool assassins. Like they're running forward, they're hunting these characters, but they're also like gathering information and sending it back to the legion behind them so they're like marking these targets so like people shoot at them better or people yeah i think that's like uh, kind of really cool because yeah, these guys have lightning four attacks each on the charge with the lightning claws which is pretty good especially now that they have rending and uh, uh shred yeah yeah and the, like that, this just shows you just how much anti-infantry the White Scars really have access to. Yes, with their Legion specials. <laughs> oh yeah, and then the last uh, exemplar, and the last uh, legacy battle uh, unit we have is Salman Khan. Does anyone else have that up? Oh, sorry. The uh, the Falcons claws are also I forgot to mention this. Inside your Manzan, they get a feel no pain base. They become fearless on the charge. Um. I think they like gain a lot from that ride of war and um, that like, if you really like Falcon's claws, I think you can build like a really cool Falcon claw centric, the Sagiromizen. Yeah. That is kind of cool though. Yeah. Still just fast attack. So you got to kind of wedge them in there, but yeah, you would, it would definitely be like a weird niche list, but I think you could do something like really neat. Oh yeah. All right. And then uh, we have Salman Khan for 180 points. He is a, yeah, it looks like effectively like another uh, uh, Centurion-style console. Uh, he has an 8-inch movement, weapon skill 6, ballistic skill 5, strength 5, toughness 4, 3 wounds, initiative 5, 4 attacks, leadership 9, and a 2-up save. So more closer to a Praetor, actually. Uh, he comes equipped with a combi melter, bolt pistol, the... Tyan's Han, uh, Frag and Crack Grenades, an Iron Halo, and Artificer Armor. He is a unique character with the White Scar Special Rule, Independent Character, Master of the Legion, uh, Relentless, an Ally of the Silent Order, and is a Loyalist-only uh, model. He may take a Legion Scimitar Jet Bike for 30 points. The Ally of the Silent Order Special Rule uh, mentions a detachment that includes... Uh, Solomon may include a single Knight Centura as a non-compulsory HQ choice without taking up a force organization slot, which is in Libra Imperium. 
A Raptura cadre may be taken as a retinue for a knight centura included in this way, and Sisters of Silence included in the Army of Solomon Khan are treated as sworn brothers. That's, again, very niche, but again, I think that kind of appeals to your style of uh, hobby, Mike. It really does. I, I love this character a lot. I, I like his like weird niche rule like this, I, especially because I love the Sisters of Silence, so this is like sure. a perfect character for me and my hobby, you know? Yeah, um, definitely. So his uh, weapon, uh, Tian San, is a melee strength 10 AP2 weapon that is unwieldy, brutal 2. It is a specialist weapon, has reaping blow 1, and hammer hand. Uh, the rule hammer hand is during any fight phase. Uh, Salman Khan's controlling player may choose to have him make a single attack at initiative step 10 with the profile below instead of attacking normally. While using this option, uh, he may not gain bonus attacks for charging, additional weapons, or from any other special rule. He gets one hit at initiative 10, and it's strength 12, AP 2, melee brutal 3. That is pretty cool. It's awesome. <laughs> and with weapon skill 6, he's got a good chance of hitting with that thing. It's like the Emperor's Children character, but cooler because he's not lame. <laughs> <laughs> Rude. But yeah, so I, I will say, uh, yeah, the um, the legacy unit sort of white scars are pretty cool. Pretty solid. I, like I said, I think the Falcons, yeah, the Falcons claws are still viable. Um, Got to play fast and loose with them. They're a little on the weak side as far as uh, armor, but yeah, I wish again, they were cheaper, really. Or yeah, yeah. The, the damage output potential, though, is pretty good. It's just a matter of getting them there. That's the yes. trick. Yep, yep, yep. And Salman Khan's just another cool character who does cool stuff, and I have no complaints about him. No, no. All right, so the last order of business. Uh, I've got to talk about the Kagan. Yeah, let's wrap it up. All right, Mike, you want to take us through? Jagatai. 440 points. Um, he very uniquely has two profiles. Um one him afoot, one him mounted. So I'll go over the foot is a uh, stat line really quick. Movement nine, weapon skill seven, um, sixes for ballistic skill, strength, toughness, and wounds. Initiative eight, six attacks, leadership ten, two up save. His mounted version boasts an 18 inch move. Um, and that's really the only change to his stat line. And one extra wound. <clears throat> yes, one extra wound. Sorry, you're right. Oh, you're good. Um, for war gear, he has the wildfire panoply, white tiger Dow, storm's voice, frag grenades, uh, smash of the legion, obviously hit and run crusader pathfinder, move through cover, a special rule called lightning from blue skies. He's obviously a loyalist, uh, and sire of the white scars. Um, he can take a sojutsu, uh, pattern jet bike for 20. Um, and it changes his, uh, unit type to primark unique anti-grav. Uh, his warlord sire of the white scars. If he is the army's warlord, he automatically has this trade. Um, all friendly and uh, all infantry and cavalry models uh, that are white scars and in the same army as him uh, gain the furious charge one special rule on any turn in which they have moved. Um, it's really awesome. This is exactly the kind of rule I like for the white scars. Mm -hmm. um, uh, 
In addition, an army with Jagged Tycon as its warlord may make an additional reaction in the opposing player's movement phase. That's the perfect place for Jagatai, I think. Like, you really want to be reacting to what the enemy is doing. That's, like, a really Jagatai thing. <coughs> um, then he's got the Wildfire Panoply. Uh, it's a 2-up armor save, 4-up invulnerable save during the shooting phase, and he has a 3-up invul in both the movement and assault phases. Um which is nice because deep striking happens during the movement phase, right? So all your intercept is... That's right. Um, his lightning from the blue sky special rule, uh, when held in reserve, you do not roll for the con or any unit he is a part of. Uh, instead, at the beginning of any of the controlling player's turns, except for the first, the con and any unit he has joined may be brought into play from reserves without making a reserve roll. And if the con is part of the flanking assault, then this rule applies to all units that are part of the flanking assault, but does not apply to deep strike uh, assault, drop pod assault. Or um, I think it's really, really good. I think it's very fitting for the con uh, and the white scars in general. Um, it's just, I don't think there's any way to, <coughs> um, on foot, I don't think there's a way to get him into outflank, um, which is kind of a bummer because my introduction and love for the scars was built on the original books. And in those books, he's really fighting on foot. Most of the time, his like signature move is a teleport in with his Keshig terminators around him. And I feel like mm. that's really missed. Uh, and it just kind of like to do that with him. Yeah. I never really thought about it that way, but you're right. You don't see him too uh, often yeah, on a really jet bike, see. but yeah, not until the walls really, you know? Yeah. Uh, he has the Storm's Voice, uh, range 12, strength 6, AP 4, uh, pistol 2, rending 5 up, uh, deflagrate, concussive 1, mastercrafted. It's a cool pistol, uh, can do some neat things, um, but it's definitely not the reason that you take him. <laughs> the Primark uh, guns are always usually a little fun and goofy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's just like a, a remix of special words, I feel like. <laughs> um, <laughs> The White Tiger Dao is his weapon. It's a plus one strength, so it bumps him up to a strength of seven, AP two, uh, Duelist Edge one, Furious Charge two, Murderous Strike five, and it's Mastercrafted. Uh, his combat in general, I feel like, is a really, I feel like it's way too low for him. He loses to most Primarchs, I think. Uh, and I know that doesn't really matter. That's not why you take a Primarch to duel another Primarch. Um, but uh, he's my favorite character, and I wanted him to beat his brothers better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, that is fair. You I know, can't, yeah. I, I can't blame you for wanting that. Yeah, I think like everybody wants their Primark to just beat wholesale ass on the others. Yeah. It is a little odd. I should at least be able to beat Mortarion. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. you know? well, fair. <laughs> Mortarion was. It's a, a bit odd that he's one of the few. He feels like a mainline combat Primark, but. He has weapon skill 7, and if you compare him to, say, like, Fulgrim, he's actually faster than Fulgrim uh, in a normal you know, round of combat because he's got Duelist's Edge and Initiative 8, where Fulgrim has Initiative 8, Sudden Strike 1, and then he's an Emperor's Children, so he you know, gets the single bump up to Initiative Step 10. But that's comparative to Fulgrim's weapon skill 8. I don't know, it feels very odd now that Primarchs only have two weapon skills. Either 7 or 8. Jagatai feels like he would have... 
if not weapon skill eight, then at least like weapon skill seven, and then he gets plus one in a challenge if his initiative is higher. Something like that. Well, I, I mean, think Jagatai really should get something like, like I think he should be like weapon skill seven is fine, but I think every subsequent round of combat he should get uh, a plus one to his weapon skill, capping at like plus two or something, because like that's his thing. He like is patient. He makes a plan. He reads his enemy well. You know, he's never like, Im- like I don't know. Like he like learns. Like there's like that whole famous line between him and Fulgrim at Olinor, you know, where Fulgrim was like, "Do you think you could beat me in a challenge?" And like very matter of factly, Jagatai is like, "Yes," because you treat everything like a game, and I do not. Uh, and I don't know. I just feel like that's not really reflected in his. Mm, I agree. Well, unfortunately, he's stuck in a game, so. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, my love for Jagatai is infinite, so I'm probably not totally unbiased. I'm definitely not unbiased. Nah, but <laughs> that's fair. You know? Um, that's plenty fair. I mean, I'm still mad that Angron has the same weapon skill as Dorn for some reason. Yeah, Dorn and fuck, Merry Christmas, Rabute Gilliman got, like, everything. You know? Like... <laughs> <laughs> They're both way more powerful than they should be, and their legions fucking rock. It's, cr- <laughs> it's that loyalist bias. Maybe a little bit. We got and we have the void bike. Oh yeah, I'm so sorry. Juice. Um, uh, I was I was, no, I was just looking at. It, I was like, this actually is it's kind of cool too. Yeah, it's got a uh, two mastercrafted heavy bolters, hammer of wrath two, firing protocols three. It's the anti grab subtype. Um, he falls back three d six instead of two d six. When he's upgraded, he can be have that are the cavalry type, uh, despite the usual risk. And any rules that target the cavalry type are considered to affect Jagatai. I think firing protocols three is weird, right? Well, I guess so. He can use both heavy bolters and his pistol. Yeah, that's the only way. I, yeah, yeah. Which is kind of a funny visual picture, but yeah. <laughs> Especially because he has to shoot it all at the same target, too. Yeah. Which is kind of funny. Here's my two heavy bolters and then my pistol. Just got concussive. Oh, yeah, that is is true. So, yeah. Um, Obviously, he's much better on the jet bike. It's only a 25-point upgrade. Um, It's pretty much a no-brainer, which is uh, my biggest critique of this more than anything is I really just wish there was a reason to take the con on foot and a 25 point difference is not that. Um, I wish like maybe yeah. they had different prof like different rules, like Horus and Horus ascended have just like on a, like smaller scale, you know? Um, and that we mm-hmm. could get like two army, like full different army experiences unique as a Primark. Um, but you're probably just going to see him on a void bike 90% of the time. Uh, just because, I mean, really, the movement, it's worth 25 points on a Primark. <laughs> Anyone would pay that. Yeah, no, that, in games where you're bringing Primarchs, 25 points means nothing. Double your move and get a wound for 25 points. That's one of the best deals in the history of Warhammer. <laughs> <laughs> right. You throw them into a retinue, and it's just, yeah, ridiculous. But, yeah, so. Um, him... Like coming in with reserves with a bunch of jet bikes and golden keshig is very powerful, especially with lightning from the blue skies. So um, that'll probably be the typical way you see it happen. Yep. Although then you're, he's stuck moving 15 inches with the rest of them. 
Yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, on his own, he's probably great. Uh, you, you tag everything with jet bike so you don't eat any Overwatch. You slam in. They have to decide to shoot at you or Golden Keshig instead of shooting at you and Golden Keshig. Yeah. No, actually, him by himself seems pretty survivable, actually, especially with all the Primarch rules. He gives the whole Army Furious charge so your, you know, your Kanto's Power Lances are now <laughs> Strength 11. It really does a lot for the fighting potential of your army, you know, that Furious Charge, especially with all the bonuses you get to charging and stuff, you can you can really make sure you get that bonus. Oh, question. I think I figured out why he has Firing Protocols 3. Yeah. So the Primarch essentially has Precision Shot just and Strike across the board. Um, anything? Yeah, by default. Yeah, by default. So that means he can shoot one single guy with two heavy bolters and his pistol all at the same time. And that is incredibly funny. <laughs> that's that is pretty funny. That's the I mean, could you imagine being like the one poor asshole with like the flag or something for the unit? And the con's like, <laughs> oh no, no, before we get there, oh no, fuck that one guy. <laughs> from 36 you inches know, like away I feel like there's like that classic scene with all the like jet bike charges of like them hitting the line and they hit that one first person they just like go and missed right. you know it's like yeah. that guy that's the guy and I feel like that sums up the entirety of the white scars all together we're bringing it all home I know from your standpoint I, I can see where you're saying where a lot of some of the stuff doesn't really jive very well with things like the storm seer having to stand still for getting bonuses to move and uh, little things like that. But overall, I still think things like the, uh, their speeder, the Kaizigan and stuff, there's some strong stuff there. Absolutely. I think there's like possibly even like a very top tier list in either the Sagarmazin or like a Chagorian brotherhood with the con like alpha striking. Yeah. I think you could, yeah, there's definitely ways to make it work, but I can see the the want to have certain things a little bit less restrictive the way they are. Yeah, I'm just a sensitive baby, and it's my favorite. <laughs> no, I mean <laughs> it's fair because, well, like you said, it's not wrong to want yeah, stuff. It's not that they're not strong, but that they just don't seem to click and synchronize. Like when I think of something like the Emperor's Children, um. Like the Sonic Shriekers just pair with uh, skill unmatched, like so well and so synergistically, it just clicks right into place. And it feels terrific yeah. from both a gameplay standpoint, but also from a narrative standpoint of like the Palatine Blades being these master swordsmen that specifically seek out other legions like you know, masters of the craft just to get good at defeating them. And it feels so perfect because other legions, you know, super heavy units that are used to hitting something and just motoring through it are now fighting weapon skill six palatine blades that they're hitting on sixes when it synergizes um, skill unmatched with uh, sonic shriekers. And sure, it the white scars don't have instances like that. They seem to have the opposite. Like, I mean, like you said, the storm seer is not bad, 
but it just feels so weird to force a white scar to sit still and sit like out of the battle removed from it. Mm-hmm. But overall, but yeah, all together. Well, as we round up here, uh, Mike, you got anything you would like to tell us about? Uh, I've heard good things about your Instagram. <laughs> um, fine. People have been saying kind words about my models all night. Uh, if you're interested and want to check them out, uh, my Instagram is Gundam Official Hobby. Um, there's a ton of white scars there. There's a couple other legions, but I bounce around between so much stuff. So I understand if it's not your thing currently right now, I've been working on a witch hunter war band for more time. Um, and that'll probably be filling up my feed for the next few months. Uh, so if that interests you, you should check that out too. Um, there's going to be like a charity tournament in, uh, new Haven or not, not new Haven, <laughs> Chicopee, Massachusetts, uh, in March, you guys should support it. Um, uh, it's held by the dudes that do under the dice. They run this really cool, like DIY, uh, gaming zine. Um, if that's your thing, you should really check it out. They do a really good job. Um, yeah, that's kind of what I got going on. Beautiful. Sounds good. Thank you for joining us this evening, Mike. Thank you for having me. Um, I know I've talked all of your guys' ear off relentlessly about that's White what Scars, we're here for, and I really, <laughs> I really appreciate you guys letting me do it yet again. Absolutely. Yep. Now we have it on the internet. <laughs> yeah, it's a engraved, initial. engraved in bits and bytes. And uh, you know, I'm sure a lot of people will disagree with me. That is okay. I said at the very beginning that these are very personal critiques I have with the white scars and I'm not a very biased uh, person when it comes to them. If you don't agree, I get it. (laughs) (laughs) You heard it here, folks. And so this is the Remembrance Retreat, your comprehensive review of the white scars. 